just go down the list. You are fiddle, violin, cello, mm -hmm. guitar, mandolin. Am I missing anything? I play a little piano, too. Play a little bit of piano? Yeah. And I've been known to play drums after a couple beers, too. <laughs> me, too. Me, too. Yeah, I feel like everybody's a drummer after yeah. a couple I, beers. That, there's that one beat that we all know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're, you're listening to Weekend Superstars. My name is John McHugh. My name is George Moulton. And our guest today is Maggie Lander. Hi, Maggie. Hi, guys. How's it going? Thanks so much right. for having me. Thanks for doing this. This is great. I'm looking forward to Good it. Good to see you oh It is. The pleasure is all mine. Ditto. I have been curious about... Uh, I know you pretty well. Yeah, we go way but, back. But I'm curious to, to learn a few things, mainly uh, how you got started, because most guitar players, or the, the usual musicians that we run across... Yeah. Same story, you know. Oh, I heard yeah. Eric Clapton, or I heard this, or you know, whatever. I don't, I don't really know anything about your background as okay. far as how you got into. What is your main instrument? So what I'm trained the most on fiddle. Okay, fiddle I, or violin. I can do both, but I call it fiddle. I feel like violin's a little pretentious for me personally. <laughs> it just depends on what style of music. Yeah, you're I mean, you if I'm do doing that. chamber music and somebody's asking what are you playing, I'll say violin. Right. If I'm playing, if we're playing a country show, I'm definitely playing right. fiddle. But yeah, I prefer fiddle, but it, there's no yeah. real difference. But what was the inspiration? What what, what age? How'd you get started? Man, I think I was probably like seven or eight, and I was watching Sesame Street, and Itzhak Perlman, incredible violinist, like Google him. Yeah. He's incredible. He was on there talking to Elmo, and he had his violin, and he's just playing and talking. I was like, what in the world is that? Like, <laughs> what is this contraption yeah. that sings? And um, then Yo-Yo Ma was on there. I, it's, I think it was a different episode, but it was probably like a music episode. And incredible cellist. And uh, just kind of fell in love with anything bowed and stringed. And then for my, le my 11th birthday, I asked my parents for a fiddle. I said, please, can I have a fiddle? Now, did any of them play? Any Mom plays players? guitar. Dad had a, like a garage rock band in high school. They just played like, you know, Southern Rock, Birds, kind of retro, you know, that kind of stuff. But, I mean, he doesn't play anymore, but I remember Mom would play when I was a kid. Yeah. And my siblings played a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I asked for a fiddle when I was 11, and miraculously, they got me one, and I got it off eBay. It was probably like 100 bucks, And Dad was like, well, let's get her something cheap. Let's make sure she <laughs> yeah. wants to do this. And um, I got it for my 11th birthday, and I remember running down the driveway to the gate at the farm where the UPS man left it, and just being, yeah. oh my gosh, I was so <laughs> pumped. My heart was beating in my chest, and I brought it back, and I just never quit. Nice. Yeah. So was it um, a certain artist or anything that got you into it, or did you go straight into school with I mean, training? Yeah, I started doing a lot of stuff by ear, but I had... I took from John Harrod, um, who's a really great Kentucky fiddle player and like a Rhodes Scholar and knows so much about like the heritage and the lore around Kentucky fiddle tunes. And I took from him for a couple years and then I had another teacher and then didn't that didn't really work out and then I found another you know, kinda of went through a couple of people and then I found Daniel Carwell and I took from him for a long, long, long time. 
Nice. Through my teens, I was just like completely obsessed. I mean, it was all I did. Yeah. Was a total nerd. Just <laughs> if it was a fiddle, if it was musical, I was into it. You know. You were in your teens when we did our first gig, weren't you? Yeah, dude. I think Three, I was like, eighteen or nineteen. I think I was like eighteen. Yeah. When we met, yeah. Was it at the bubble tea place? It was. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't on the. Bridge. I gotta hear this one. The, Do you know what bu- bubble tea is? I had no idea. I didn't. It's so good. Um, it's delicious. It was a bookstore, wasn't it? It was a book. Yep, 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 yep. But they it, had bubble tea. It was on Maxwell. Yes. And it was the cutest little place, like cottage. I think it's a Japanese thing, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's it's definitely Asian culture. I'm not sh- exactly sure. I think I think you're right. There's but it's, beads. There's boba and there's tapioca. Yeah. And they they go up a huge straw, and when they're in the mouth with the drink, they kind of explode with flavor. It's like a fish laid eggs in your mouth. Pop rocks in your mouth and then taking a drink. So, needless to say, we've played some interesting gigs. We've played with some bubble tea places. (laughs) And I remember that gig because we set up and then we went in and we talked to the owners who were really lovely. Like, would you like any bubble tea? And I was like, yes, because I loved bubble tea for so long. Some friends had introduced me to it. And uh, I, I'm a boba girl. I'm like a strawberry, strawberry boba. That's like my, if I see it at a festival, I don't care. Like somebody's holding my gear and I'm going to bo- so get you, the boba. So you've been missing out on yeah. bubble tea. Obviously I Take the kids. Yeah. They'll, they'd love it. I, I don't remember if that, if that was the first one or if it was a Natasha's. It was one of the two. I met. think it was the bubble tea and the, and the Natasha's gig that we did after that was probably the second and, and then, then, yeah, we've done several different scenarios of bands together, including mm-hmm. George and Pudding yep. and Jesse. Yep. And uh, that was, uh, so what, uh, oh, or 2011, 12, maybe? Um, I think so. You already had like a professional vibe well, at a very early age, I thought. Well, I appreciate it. Um, I didn't want to be a, a num- numbskull, you know. I wanted to have it together. <laughs> I've noticed there's a lot of different types of musicians. There are your guys that just do hobbies. There's yeah. the guys that play on the weekends who yeah. are pretending to be rock star, who aren't rock star. But there's also <clears throat> the ones that take it more serious. And then there's also artists. I put you in the artist category. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And that. you. Yeah. Um, George, definitely, 100%. Because... You're an artist too, though. Not not just because you write your own songs or you play original well, stuff, but you focus on that. Not necessarily you do covers too, but yeah, that's your focus. You know, when I go see you, you you're gonna play at least a couple original songs. You're gonna get that Probably out there. Like, you know? I try to keep it like twenty percent. But or you more are able room. to. You're not just going out there and getting a paycheck or just playing Wagon Wheel just because you, that's what you want to do. You know, you, yeah. you're, Does anybody play Wagon Wheel because dude, that's they, what they want to do? I did it last you'd be week surprised. and I felt dirty after it. I said, <laughs> this, boy, this guy comes up to me and goes, hey, uh, on my set break, and he's like, can you play Wagon Wheel? I said, you got 20 bucks? And he said, I sure that's do. All, that's it? God, I know, I, I sold way more than $20. I sold it short, but I was tired and... Well, I'll, I'll say this. I mean, uh, and John knows this for a fact. The, the fiddle is my absolute favorite instrument Aww. in country music. I mean... Me uh, too. You know, steel guitars, very close. But, I mean, if if I hear a fiddle and it's good, which yours is amazing, yours is far beyond good. Thank you. Uh, 
it, it just, it makes my night. I mean, if, oh. if it was that and that alone. So, but I saw you do something one night. Now, you play guitar as well. Mm-hmm. And you're left-handed. I am, yep. And when you play your shows, you play left, the left-handed yeah, guitar. Yeah, everything's left-handed, yeah. So, one night you were playing with us, and, and I saw you when we were jamming around in the basement in Austin City. You took my guitar, my right-handed guitar, uh-huh. and flipped it upside down and corded it upside down. Yeah. So, do you... And played it well, I, I will add. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> so, so, so do you play as proficient guitar upside down as you do left-handed, or does uh, it just depend on what the song is or what it's... Yeah, it depends. I mean, I could... If if it was... If I was put in a corner and somebody said, you got to get up and play one, right. and there's no left-handed guitar, yeah. I could make do. I'd be a little bit... I'd struggle. Right. But I think... Um, my what proficiency I have is just because ninety nine percent of the guitars that I come across are all right handed. Right. You know when right. I'm in Nashville and I go to Carter Vintage and I'm in there like drooling over guitars. They're all there's right-handed. one left handed like literally. And it's not the one you like. And it's always just yeah. like some you know eight thousand dollar callings that I'm like I'll never be able to get one. It, it always blew me away because the first time I ever saw that and I was too young at the time to realize what I was looking at is when I was a kid. Uh, you know, my my easiest way to learn songs, I, I learned to play by ear, but the easiest yeah. way was to, to catch the video on CMT when they actually played country music videos. Oh, heck And yes. I'd catch a chord that they were playing, yeah. and I could go from there. That's amazing. And I was sitting down trying to learn everything that glitters by Dan Seals. Yeah. And I'm watching him play the guitar, and I'm like, the hell is that chord? Yeah. <laughs> I, it, it sounds like G, but that's not a G. Right, right. And I'm watching this guy, and I'm like, and I'm trying to do, and I do the chord, yeah. he's doing it, so I'm like, shit. Yeah. You know, and I'm, yeah. I'm so <laughs> years later, I read a story. He had like, I don't know, five or six brothers, and they all wanted to play guitar. Mm. Uh, you know, they didn't have a lot of money, so the dad bought one guitar, and it was right-handed guitar, and, and bless his heart, he had to learn to play it upside oh, down. Oh, so that's why you were all confused. That's why I was confused. He was playing everything yeah. upside down, and, and so when I saw you do that that night, I was like, I can barely play one right side up. No, get out of here. Like this, you know. No, that's yeah, that's that's the thing, and I think you know. There's, I've seen a lot of. I mean, there's a couple of blues guys back yeah. in the day that would play left-handed, but you know, play a right-handed guitar. You just got to work with what you got. Yeah. I remember when I when I got my first decent guitar, and they switched it over, and they filed the nut and adjusted the bridge, mm-hmm. and it was actually left-handed. I was like. I could finally breathe. I wouldn't have my brain wasn't in overdrive yeah. constantly going. You know, I have to like reverse map it, and I can you know do it relatively well. But um, that's so cool that that you picked oh, yeah. up on that. Well, and now yeah. I, now I watch. You know, my son Jacob plays, or he's learning to play. Yeah, and, yeah. And he won't let anybody teach him. But I mean, I'm sitting watching him figure this stuff out. He's so musical. And you he's, can tell. he's he's a left-handed person, and he's playing all right-handed guitars because yeah. that's what I mean. I actually had one the same thing, the nut flip and all that made for him. Yeah, he won't touch it. Really, and, it and probably he, feels foreign to him. And I mean, I literally walked and I played it for John. I was in the kitchen the other day, and I kept hearing it's like. Sound like the intro to Mama Tried, you know, and I walked oh in, in there and, and I thought it was an accident, you know, yeah. but then I heard him do it like three or four times in a row and, and <laughs> I walked in and I said, do that again. And he did it and then he started, you know, singing a little bit of Mama oh Tried. Oh my gosh. He says, is that right, daddy? I said, I don't know, son. I can't play it. I said, <laughs> right to me. So That's now he's, you know, so cool. 
He can play something Daddy can't play, so he's all that's Dude, I hear it all day. You're gonna be now. booking gigs for him oh, coming yeah, up no soon. Doubt. Lord have mercy. No doubt. That's awesome. He, he was pretty close on it. Oh yeah, he I was mean, really close. And he's yeah. closer now. He's he's yeah. he kept working on it. So well, I mean, uh, he's absorbed your immense talent and skill over the yeah. years, and I mean. Being in in the house with a great musician like well, yourself will do that to a boy. But yeah, he's you know. he's coming along. So if you had your pick, yeah. your choice of the type of music you're going to play, and you can make a living playing one type of music, would there be one type, or are you just just too much into to all of it to put yourself in that kind of box? Man, that's a good question. I think I would probably. I love what I do now. I, I really love being kind of the gun for hire fiddle player, playing for a bunch of different people. It keeps interesting. It's sure. It keeps everything fresh. But I really do love the Irish stuff that I do. Yeah. If we're talking fiddle, and I'm playing lead fiddle, it would probably be that. Explain to our audience yeah. about your Celtic gig. Yeah. So. Um, I grew up our audience in the I house. Know if we have one. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody, what's up? Um, you got an audience. Uh, so, hey, honey, yeah, traditional. Listen, I'm going to tell my wife you're listening. You're going to tell us about it. She, she may be. Hi, darling. Uh, like you know, music from Ireland, Scotland. Um, it's a really distinct type, style, ornamentation. Like, it's beautiful. It's there's so much fire to it. There's so much joy to yeah. it. Um, I've played it my whole life, and the fact that I get to actually tour and record playing it, yeah. you know, has been just, I never thought I'd be able to. But if I were to say playing guitar, probably doing my own thing and writing and being kind of yeah. the dark Americana, whatever the heck I am, I'm not even really sure. Um, but, you know, I've, I've gotten such a kick out of our country gigs. Yeah. I love playing country well, fiddle, you know. You're talking about the, the Celtic stuff, though, but I, and I remember we did the the thing over there for Bullet Bourbon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was a great once gig. the once the rain fell out, we could go outside, mm-hmm. and you were just kind of we were all walking outside, and you just started kind of playing one of those tunes, and I mean, we had people from every just about every country in the world out there, yeah. and, and they were eating it up. So I, I yeah, to the best of my knowledge, it seems like you had to play that same song for like. 35 minutes. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. No, for real. And that that's the thing that's so, you know, lively about that type of music is it's it's medleys. It's three yeah. tunes intertwined. And um, when I'm out with the Nashville Celts, you know, there's medleys, three or four tunes, and the Illin pipe and the fiddle are interlocked. The guitar is really rhythmic. The bass is pumping. The drums are kicking. Like yeah. it's just it's unlike anything else. At least for me, I just. How did that gig come about? Did you audition or get asked to play? So it's it's a really funny story how it happened. So the band leader for the band, Rick Blair, his brother lives here in Lexington. Okay. And when I released my record a couple years ago, Old Flame, um, I had the great opportunity to be in the Weekender magazine for the Herald Leader. And they had me, I didn't realize, but they put me on the cover and I was like so pumped. I'm like, oh my God, I'm on the cover of Weekender. Like, I'm still tickled over it. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting there and I have a fiddle and I guess his brother was like, ooh, a fiddle, you know, fiddle player. This is interesting. This is his, the family's wheelhouse. And so I guess he read the article that mentioned that I love Irish music and he had mentioned my name to Rick and was like, there's a girl here in town that was talking about 
loving Irish music and, <clears throat> excuse me, like playing it forever and wanting to do more of it. So I guess Rick Googled me or looked me up or something and then kind of gave me a phone call. He was like, hey, we're looking for, we're looking for a fiddle player. Um, and honestly, there really aren't that many Irish fiddle players in Nashville yeah. where the band's based out of. And Lexington's close enough. He's like, how about you, you know, go out, go out on the road with us, see how you like it, see how everything goes. And we went out and um, it was St. Patrick's Day week. So like, if you're in an Irish band, <laughs> you're, you're freaking, yeah, no better you're gig. killing it. I mean, yeah. it's, you're like rock star vibes if you're an Irish band on St. Patrick's Day week. So we did that and then that was... Gosh, I think that was 2018, and I've been with them ever since. That's awesome. Wow, yeah. Yeah, and they're just, it's so fun. Have you gone uh, to different countries yet, or have you just stayed around here? No, we've we've traveled all I feel, over the country. I feel country. like that would go. Yeah, well, we were everywhere. talking about going to Japan and going to Ireland, and then COVID hit. But they're definitely, um, you know. It's in the works. It's in the works. I'll eventually, I'll eventually hopefully go. But yeah, we've covered... You know, I mean, they've played probably every state in the. That's what I thought. In yeah. the country, uh, but yeah, I'm excited to like leave the country for a reason that's you know not just on vacation. Like <laughs> we're, I'm working. You know, it's right. different. It's kind of like a, it's a whole different vibe. One of my favorite gigs with the three of us mm. was at Austin City, and of course we're doing a country gig, mm-hmm. but it pops up every year on my Facebook. Here's a little memory of when we did. War pigs with, <laughs> oh my with, gosh. with Maggie on fiddle Holy playing hell, I forgot about Black that. Sabbath War Pigs. Oh. That was incredible. It blows my Y'all, mind every time I see the video from that. So <laughs> literally the people in the crowd were so <coughs> freaking jazzed. And George, you killed it. Well, you totally it, killed it. That's the first time I actually did the song that I actually knew what I was doing and, and what I was all the words anyway. Uh-huh. Uh we did it for for Bo's birthday, right? Yeah, Bo's birthday, and, and the reason it was that song is because when I was the house band, you know, back in two thousand whatever it was, mm. uh, I did we didn't know one another, and I think he was you know trying to get my goat or you know and and not too many people could get my goat too bad back yeah. then, yeah, and you know he he's you know he's coming to play war pigs, you know, like dude, because it's just off, <laughs> you know, at a country bar. And, uh, so you're like, all right, <laughs> you know, but I mean, Hey, I got, I got, I had five, four brothers growing up and yeah. the brother, my oldest brother close to me was pure 100% metalhead and still is to this day. So, I mean, yeah. I heard all and, and liked all that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I mean, I had ever, like my oldest brother, Tim was, you know, the Commodores and all the rhythm and blues and soft rock mm-hmm. and Cameron was more Neil Young and Skinner and then Scott was, you know, it was, it was Aussie and Black Sabbath. Oh, so, yeah. So, you know, he comes up there after about the third time. I just look over to guys, you know, and of course we had Dave Carter and Dave, Dave at Dave, that time, you know, yeah. you, you could throw any ACDs, any rock song you wanted to and Dave, you know, some, yeah. you know, War Pigs and. Yep. He's like, yeah, and I, the other guy's like, no, we don't know. And I said, man, it's easy. It's just dun-dun, dun-dun-dun. You know? <laughs> and they're all like, okay. So, you know, they just yeah. hit it, and I start singing it, man, and Bo's like, 
holy crap, he's doing <laughs> So at his birthday party, he, he oh. specifically asked for us to do that song again. So. That was but that's so the first fun. time I ever did it with a fiddle, and I have to say it was pretty bad. It was well, pretty we'll badass, yeah. We'll have to recreate that. I would love that. That was I mean, so maybe, funny. maybe you get a job with Ozzy. I mean, he, <laughs> he was out the other day. Him and Tony was out playing again, so he's, he's back Dude, at it. I love Ozzy. I, I love Black Sabbath. That when, is so down. When we have... Uh, a gig that's at least an hour or so away and George and I ride together. Mm -hmm. The ride home is either death metal or... Stone Cold Country. Amazing. Those are the only We're two either options. rocking out or thinking about committing suicide. <laughs> <laughs> like, put, put on three bottle. o'clock in the morning. Oh my gosh. It's either George Jones or Megan. Please stop loving her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or it's like, that's well, great. I mean, it's crazy right now. If you go in my car, I've got like the six CD changer. Yeah. All six of them are metal. I have no country Dude, music in I my CD changer. I never would have thought you would be right such now. a metal head. Oh, there's like two Metallicas, two Aussies, a Black Sabbath, and a Megadeth. That's what I've got in my nice. CD player right now. That's Amazing. When uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to be thinking about that all night. Um, right now, you're basically for hire. Is what you, you'll do mm-hmm. your solo shows every so often, but you'll play yeah. p- any pickup gig you got. Yeah. Tell us about your black jacket experiences, because I know that Lexington listeners, that's a big deal when they yeah. come to town, and not too many locals get to play with them, I don't think. Yeah, um, honestly, I'm not really sure how I got the gig originally, but I've done um, two shows with them. They're so pro. I mean, the shows are incredible. Their attention to detail is so good, but yeah, what they'll do is they'll come into town and I'll get a call and be like, hey, we're coming to the Opera House, you know, Friday. We've got two shows. Are you free? Are you willing? Heck yeah. yeah. If yeah. I can do it, I'm doing it because it's so fun. And then they'll send the sheet music out. And it's usually stuff that is already in my brain. You know, the pop, The last show we did was the Beatles. And, you know, as a Beatle oh, yeah. girl like you, John, I flipped out mm-hmm. <laughs> and just was like, Oh, I've got this. Like, I mean, yeah. this is, that was my teens. I had pictures of the Beatles on my wall as a teenager. Like, I went through Beatlemania in the in the early two thousands. Yeah. You know? Um. So yeah, and then just they grab a couple string players. The first show I did was the Eagles, which was really really cool. Yeah. I'm not like rabid for the Eagles, but I appreciate the songs, yeah. all that they are. They're writing incredible. So I was really pumped about that, but then they're like, no, it's a white album. I was like, this is freaking amazing. <laughs> um, and we got to do the string part for Goodnight. And I was like, don't cry. Don't do this. <laughs> don't do this. And uh, like Glass Onion, all the really cool string parts. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just, you know, you look up and it's like a thousand people or however many are in the opera house. Everybody's got their lights up. You're like, this is a pretty cool job. I uh, I remember we played a private party. Well, the Lancelot guys. I'll give uh-huh. the Lancelot Society a big shout, shout out. out. We love those um, guys. But I remember the first time, uh, it used to be just me putting in George would play, and George couldn't do one. I yeah. said, we'll bring Maggie in. And the guy, uh, Jeff, I think it was, that called yeah. me. He's like, uh, is George coming? I said, no, actually, we're bringing our friend Maggie Lander. She plays fiddle. And he goes, I'm pretty sure I just saw her at the opera house with the Black Jacket Symphony. And I'm like, you did? He goes, she's coming to my house? <laughs> That's amazing. Are you serious? Yeah, I love you, Jeff. That is so funny. Yeah, that must have been the, 
That must have been the Eagles show a couple years ago. Yeah. That is so funny. That, that was a that was a big deal, you know, to, to see that and get to play with those guys that people in the audience, you know, don't realize that you probably just live down the street, you know. Yeah. And well, it's, the, and it's cool because at the end of the show, they kind of bring everybody out and they introduce them separately. Yeah. Cool. And like, they're like, you know, these are our local girls and they inter- introduced us and like, there were some people kind of up front that I recognized that, like you could tell there's some local love sure, yeah. that I was at least recognized by a couple people. Um, but yeah, that's just, it's such a cool thing to be a part of a big production. When did you start writing songs? I think one of the very few first songs I ever wrote was like 2009. And I didn't write very many and I was very self-conscious about it for a long time. Yeah. Like I really struggled. And I probably... I started getting more confident about it a little bit more around when we met. I would say. Well, you, like, I think you already had an album out, didn't you? Well. Or was it getting ready to come it, out? It might have been. Miss Me Moon was my first record I did, and I had a Kickstarter, and I that was one of the very first songs I ever wrote, yeah. and somehow it wasn't complete garbage. Yeah. Uh, you, know, like, you get your first couple dozen you go good lord toss them out but no that one kind of stuck and I was like okay well this is this has gotten good feedback the melody's decent there's not a whole lot to it but it works so I just kind of kept going but I think Miss Me Moon came out yeah like 2011, 2012. And that was, I mean, it was terrifying. I was like, this is, I've written everything on here. Nobody really heard. I'm sure, George, you feel that. Like, your first originals out, it's like putting a baby in in the woods and just walking away. I mean, it's, you can't, I've freaked out so much about it. Um, So, uh, on the songwriting part, so. Being around other songwriters and stuff and, and being one myself, I know that just about every person has their own uh, way of going about it. Yeah. Uh, I never could explain mine. Somebody always asked me how I wrote yeah. a song. I said, well, I, I start at the first of it, and then when I get to the end of it, I know I'm done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, <laughs> you can't know? go wrong with that. But, uh, <laughs> but so, I mean, I've run into people who... Uh, one guy I knew and uh, wrote a lot with, he, he would literally, he'd carry a notebook around with him mm-hmm. and he would just write down, he whatever, he'd hear somebody say something. So he was he was writing down hooks all the time yeah. and, and then he would write the song around the hook and if anybody's listening doesn't know what I'm talking about, uh, a hook most likely is probably the, ends up being the title of your song a, a yeah. lot of times, but it's, it's the catchiest part of the song. It's, it's the song. home base. It's yeah. the home plate. Yeah. Therefore the hook, it hooks you in. So yeah. mm-hmm. what, what is your strategy? How do you go about it? Is there any certain way or, or? Well, it's, it's transformed a little bit over the years. And I think that's a good thing, at least for me, because it signifies that I've grown, which, you know, if you don't look back and cringe, it means you haven't grown. That's what I, I yeah. love that phrase. Um, in the beginning, I would, it was, I was a lot more melody based. Okay. I would have a little melody or a little couple notes and I was like, I like how that is. And then I would try to match the guitar to it. And then the melody and the guitar kind of became one. And then I would move forward towards like when I really started to write more like 2015, like when I really started to get confident, I would... It was more like progression. 
I was more progression based. I'd be yeah. like, this is a this is a cool, a cool vibe. The changes are cool. Let's write a verse. Yeah. And then I was very, you know, like you said, start at the beginning, and then when you get to the end, it's done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like I'll write a verse, then I'll write the chorus, and then I'll write the other verse, and then if it tells me it needs a bridge, great. If yeah. it doesn't, but now it's kind of a weird mix of all three. Um, like you said, your friend would overhear a conversation or hear a phrase or hear yeah. a word or a feeling. Now I like to think about it more of what's, where am I, what am I trying to say? Right. Instead of just, you know, closing my eyes and reaching into the dark yeah. like I used to. Because, yeah. I, I mean, obviously was learning, but now it's more like here's a word, here's a feeling, here's something that I can't quite explain, but let me try. Yeah. And it's a mix of all the things, but now it's now it's kind of more of a seed and then building around the seed. So how 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 deep do you dig in uh to yourself mm-hmm. as far as what you what you put down in the song? Uh you know, some people just they can just take a subject and write about it. Some people, yeah. you know, most of it is either a life experience or something that they're close to, maybe somebody else's life experience, but mm-hmm. it's, it's there. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I always, back when I was writing a lot and I was in Nashville and I was, uh, uh, well then, I was drinking a lot. I was, I was <laughs> relatively... Relatively sad most of the time. Yeah. Right. And then when when I, I stopped, you know, I got off the liquor and, and straightened my act up, I, I really and truthfully for a long time mm. found it really difficult to find yeah. the emotion, the stuff, you know, what yeah. am I going to write about? You know? Yeah. I'm happy. What am I going to write about? I know. Well, maybe you know, the, it's tough. Maybe, maybe the liquor kind of... You know, unfortunately, broke a wall down to where you could be more real with well, yourself. Well, sure. I mean, it just let me just... Because otherwise, yeah. it's like, I don't want people to know I feel that way. Right. And that, right. I struggled with that for so long. Yeah. Like, everybody's like, why Why are your songs really sad? Like, are you good? <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> I was like, if you know me, I'm a relatively happy person. Right. But it's harder for me to write something happy. Me too. And the thing, you know, write write what you know. And I always joke, like, you know, past year, like, man, I need to get my heart broken or something. I haven't written a damn <laughs> yeah, so, thing. Gotta Somebody's got to come do me wrong. Because yeah. I just haven't, I can't write a darn. And you, you probably write when it hits you, too. Like, you, oh, don't, yeah. you don't sit down. You're the same way, right? It's oh, yeah. Like, when it hits yeah. you. Yeah, that whole methodical. See, I'm total opposite. Yeah, well, I just, I'm, but I wish I was more like that. I wish I could go, okay, Tuesday at 5 o'clock, I'm going to be yeah. finished with everything. I'm going to sit down, I'm going to mute my phone, and I'm going to write. With me, I write like my dad. My dad's a writer and journalist, like, amazing talent in writing. He gets the same thing. We call it our spidey sense. Mm -hmm. And it's this little tingle in the back of our mind that goes, pick up a notebook, pick up a a recorder, do something. I mean, I've been in the grocery and, like gone over to a quiet aisle and sung into my phone like to get a hook or to get a, you know, like if, if it hits me, yeah. if the doorbell rings, I answer. Yeah. I don't ever ignore it because when it rings and it's really coming through yeah. clear, I'll get a song in like 30 minutes, you know? I mean, I, I've, I've gotten to be the same way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I always, I've, I've always 
looked at it that way. That's how I've always written, you know, something just, I didn't ever sit down and try to write a song. I mean, yeah. What time I was in Nashville and I was co-writing, of course, I was put in situations where yeah. I had to do that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's easy depending on who you're co-writing with and sometimes right. it's, it's not even going to happen. But I find myself probably in the last several years when I'm driving, because I don't listen to a lot of radio. If I do, it's ninety. You know, it's usually a podcast or something like. That. I don't listen right. to a lot of music. old vintage country stations. And, and sometimes like, yeah. I just don't have anything on, and something will pop in my head. And you know, like you said, I've got my phone out, and and you know, there's been times I've gotten home and, and Nicole yeah. come out. And say, what are you doing sitting out in the car? You've been out here for twenty minutes. Shut up! I'm trying to finish this song. <laughs> yeah. I'm, you know. I'm, I've got, I'm on the edge of greatness here. Do you find that it's easy for you to write? Like if your buddy comes to you and says, "Hey, I've got this idea. Will you help me flesh it out?" Are you? Do you find it easy to write about something that isn't necessarily, you know, in its origins are not yours? It depends. I mean. If if the person that that comes to me with that, if if they're feeling it and it's something that's yeah. coming from their heart, and and I can get with them and try to understand where they're coming from. Yeah. I mean, nine times out of ten, we've all experienced the same things in life. So yeah, you know, it's not like you're going to come to me and say, "Hey, I want to write a song about this," and I'm going to look at you. And say, well, I've never experienced that or knowing. Yeah. You know, I'm mean, sure there's certain things, but you probably wouldn't come to me to write those songs. But yeah. you know, so you can kind of grasp onto it. It's mm-hmm. not the easiest thing for me to do. Uh, you know, sometimes I can just come up, I, I'll just look at like, you know, I'll, I'll go back to the well, to the, to the old stuff, the, the Jones or even the bluegrass stuff. It's like, yeah. you know, uh, I mean, a guy wrote a song in Nashville one time called, uh, uh, now I won't forget the name of the song. Uh, <laughs> we, we played it quite a bit. Uh, I know good. I could, Okay. I know I could is a song. And basically what it starts out is this guy's talking about all the things that he could do to get his wallet back. You know, if he could do this, you know, if, yeah. he, could, if he could build a bridge, if, if it took him building a bridge from London to Boston, he, he'd do it. You know, oh. he'd fly to the moon, he'd do whatever he could do. And we get to the end of it, and it's kind of like, you know, where are we going to go from here? And the only thing that popped in my head said, let's kill her. And he's oh like, what? Lord. <laughs> I said, she's dead, man. Oh, he could he do all these things, but, but nothing he's going to do is not oh going to bring gosh, her back. I need to hear this, you know. Lord and so, so we we finished off. I mean, I got hair yeah. standing up on my arm thinking about. It, so. No, I just did. But too. that was just, and that wasn't necessarily you know a genius idea for me. But you know, ninety percent of the songs I grew up listening to, somebody got killed. Somebody died. <laughs> Either dead or cheating. Or yeah. yeah, yeah. Or they're you know, they're so dead because like, they were cheating. Hey, yeah. when all else fails. Kill them. Well, I mean, yeah, I think that, that's the, the story to good books, good movies. <laughs> right when you get comfortable, rip the rug out from under yeah, them. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a good way to, way and to it, go it. It was. It was very cool because you didn't see that coming through the yeah. whole song and then at the whole song. Dude, and, I can't wait and, to hear this song. And it's just like, you know, uh, the last line is uh, something to the effect of, uh, it's killing because I can't even touch you and you're only six feet away. Sheesh. So it's I'm just done. like you just have to kind of. That's I a just, good one. So, but yeah, when when I can help somebody in in that situation, but it's not always just my original idea. You know, I'll, I'll go right. back and think, well, you know, yeah, what what would Hank Williams say here? What would George Jones say here? You know, or something like that. Right, so, right. So it's going to lead me to another question, mm. and it's got nothing to do with the song. But as a, as a fiddle player, 
and we've established that you're not a violinist. Sometimes you play the violin. I can, I'm classically you're, you're trained. Thing. I can, <laughs> I can <laughs> pull out some Bach when needed, but you are a <laughs> yeah. So uh, a buddy of mine, Scott Tackett, told me once, and and he's a big bluegrass guy. So yeah. I was going to ask you if there's any bluegrass influences because he told me once that uh, <clears throat> he said there's no such thing, and I found this out for a fact. There's no such thing as an okay fiddle player. You're either a good <laughs> fiddle player or you're that's awful. That's great. Honestly, that's so You great. know, it's like the old thing, well, I tried to play the fiddle, but I couldn't stand to hear myself practice. Honestly, I've heard that so many times. Yeah. If I had a dollar, like after a gig, well, my grandpa had a fiddle or he used to play a couple licks or yeah. I played in grade school and boy, it was just so hard I yeah. gave up. I, I said, you got to keep it up. I mean, we, We'd have these big jam sessions. My mom had yeah. a, a, a beauty shop. And, mm. you know, all of us lived close together, so we'd have these big jam sessions after she closed yeah. in the shop. Yeah. And this guy that came down all the time said, well, I got an uncle who plays the fiddle. Was he any good? Yeah, he's all right. And, you know, so... <laughs> well, I'm not going to hire him. After the, first, <laughs> after the first song, I'm looking at my buddy Scott. I said, I wonder what his definition of all right is. Like, well, you know, so, oh my so God. yeah, any bluegrass influences? Oh, absolutely. My first... I cut my teeth on bluegrass. Like, honestly, my... My path was Irish and old Kentucky old time tunes, um, which the old time led into getting into the bluegrass scene. Yeah. And I was, I mean, I was listening to so much of it. Um, but yeah, I played with a band when I was a, a teenager. We were fairly successful uh, back in the day. Like we opened for Ralph Stanley and cool. Lonesome River Band, and like we're playing like big crowds, and I'm like. 15, 16, yeah. and I'm going, what in the hell? You know, it was, it was a big deal. But yeah, bluegrass was one of the first big influences. Yeah. And especially like when Oh Brother, Where Art Thou came out, and the Down From the Mountain tour, and like suddenly everybody's kind listening. kind of went mainstream. And yeah, it's, like it's, and it, I remember that, you know, my mom brought that record home, and then we discovered Allison Krauss, and yeah. then I discovered Nickel Creek. And I just like lost my mind, and from that point on, in my late teens, I started really going progressive. Yeah, I love traditional bluegrass. I respect it. In my heart, I'm like a weirdo, avant-garde, you know, Chris Thiele fangirl, and that's always what will completely light my fire. Yeah. But in in the early days, it was traditional bluegrass. So. I remember um, we did a gig at Natasha's with Jesse, and I think yeah. her brother James came out too. Yeah. And you all did, was it Down to the River to Pray? Uh-huh, yeah. I sing when I have to. I, I don't enjoy, I'm a guitar yeah. player. I'll always be you, a guitar and player. And you're a wonderful one at that, too. Absolutely. But hearing you all do that acapella one night, I was like, damn, I wish I could sing. <laughs> <laughs> well, damn, I wish I could solo like you, so we're even. Yeah, that whole, that whole era was just, I mean, it lit a fire, like... You know, Jerry Douglas, all the Bela Fleck records, everything Mark O'Connor did. Oh, yeah. From that point, I mean, yeah, you know, Strength in Numbers, Sam Bush, like, that was huge. Yeah. I mean, it, to me, I mean, you know, of course, I, I grew up listening to a lot of stuff. My dad listened to, you know, all the Stanley Brothers records and all, mm. that, all that kind of thing. And, yeah. and being from the eastern part of the state, you know, of course, I knew who Keith Whitley was before... The world knew who Keith. Yeah, but just because he he was in Ralph Stanley's band, he and Ricky Skaggs both. Yeah, same as you when they were like fifteen, sixteen years old. Yeah, and uh, but so here, here's what I've always wondered, and I've I've seen this. And I know why I do, mm -hmm. but I've seen this in, in just about every club we play. 
it doesn't matter if uh, we could go in a club and, and Eddie Van Halen could come on stage and just, just shred whatever he shreds and he's going to get the reaction he gets. Yeah. But you go into any of these clubs around town and somebody fires up a fiddle on stage and people lose their minds. <laughs> Why, why, why do you think that is? I mean, I know what mine is, but why do you yeah. think that's just a... Of you course, know. you know, you always got the, the you know, we play Devil Went Down to Georgia. Oh, my thing. God, but, yeah. But besides that, I mean, people just, it's like a, I don't yeah. know. It, I don't, I think, I have a couple theories. I think a lot of the music that we think of having a good time to, fiddle is involved. Right. You know, country music, you're in the pontoon boat, you're drinking your bud, you're everybody's floating in the lake, and you got a country record on that has fiddle on it. Yeah. You know, you have like, you're in New Orleans, you're dancing, there's a Cajun band, there's, there's a, a fiddle. There's a swing to it. There's a swing to it, and there's a certain, I think it's really close to the, at least the A, D, and G strings, the lower strings, are close to a human voice. And I think it feels familiar to us. Yeah. I think it sings... I mean, there's a reason I started playing it. You know, yeah. it, I was bewitching. I think it sings more than just about any instrument. I love legato, like you mentioned, steel, like pedal yeah. steel. Dude, if I could play anything tomorrow, like a little angel floats down from heaven and well, says, just... what is your choice? I'm like, <laughs> let me play freaking pedal steel. And I'm sure if, yeah. you, if you decided you wanted to, you'd be playing it. Well, I know right some now. I know some very talented players of that, but I, like, mean, I think there's just something to it. I don't there know. Is. For me, and it's the only instrument, even listening to a country record, but even more so if I'm on stage and, I, and I'm singing and I'm doing the song. Yeah. There's something about a fiddle that, that for me, I don't just hear it. I, I feel it. I mm. mean, it literally just, you know, it. I can, when I, it, I smile. Yeah, yeah. I hear a fiddle and it doesn't matter if it's a fast song. For me, most likely, it's probably going to be some slow ballad and something just, you know, some slow draw of just beautiful lick. And, yeah. And, I mean, it just brings a smile to my face. It just makes, mm. it just, you know, gives you that warm, fuzzy feeling inside. Oh, totally. I think it, I think it, it stirs up joy. I think it can be very... I mean, very mournful, sad. Yeah. But, I mean, I remember, you know, when we would play, like, at the saloon and country gigs, and we would get out and start, you know, everybody would be plugging in, and the crowd would be kind of buzzing, and, like, I'd tune up a little bit or play a lick, and a couple people up front would be like, come on now! Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like, let's hear that thing! Like, it, it does fire people in the crowd. up. It does. And it, and it never gets old, because it's like, I feel the same way. Like, yeah. It, when I see my favorite fiddle players, like the first time I saw Stuart Duncan play, I could have lifted up out of my chair like I was levitating. Yeah. I mean, I was so, there's just something about it. I, I don't know how, you know, how to explain it, but. I think if, maybe if it's anything, and it it could be any instrument just about that anybody plays well, and in my opinion, you're you're the best at, at that. Uh, we love you. I love you guys. <laughs> I love you. Music is just so much more than a sound. I mean, it's just, you know, two weeks ago we played down in Corbin. Mm -hmm. And I told him the next day after that, it was probably the most inspired and best I'd ever heard this guy play the guitar. Johnny I mean, he boy. was, whatever was on his mind, on his heart, or what he was doing, mm -hmm. or what he was feeling. That's awesome. I was feeling right back with him, you know I mean? Yeah. And, and you know as well as I do, if you've got musicians and you get that going... 
Yeah. Where everybody's feeling everybody, not just hearing it and going through the motions, but everybody mm-hmm. starts feeling everybody and everybody starts feeding off everybody. Yeah. And, you know, that <clears throat> was a couple of weeks ago, that was me with John. And every time you've been on stage with me, I mean, I'm I, I'm that guy. Come on now. Yeah, I love that. that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm that guy. John can tell you. No, How many times I'm like, I'm, I'm, John, can we just get rid of everybody else except, and we'll, we'll pay Maggie, everybody else. Oh, whatever. my gosh. I've got an interesting. Uh, question where uh, we we brought this up with greg and doug already but um being a female yeah we had a whole conversation about dealing with the drunks which oh, i can yeah. only imagine <laughs> yeah is way rougher for you because to us it's more just annoyance you're just like come on listen here buddy take a step no but, it's... but when you rile people up like you do well i, I can only that. imagine that it can get yeah, I've had Creepy. to stomp. I mean, I've stomped a couple toes in my cowboy boots. Uh, yeah, I think uh, you know. Honestly, the music business—it's—it's it's a male-dominated sport, and it's a man's world. Like the average, you know, go go to a bar, see a band—they're probably all going to be guys. And uh, you know, I try not to whip them into a frenzy too much. <laughs> Sometimes I have a good night. I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, you gotta, you just gotta. Um, sometimes you need their money. Sometimes I'm like, like I said, with the wagon wheel going, I love you. You're precious. You got a twenty, like you know, I got dogs to feed. But yeah, you gotta, you gotta hold your own. You gotta be headstrong. If anybody's disrespectful, you gotta be. Hopefully, in a bar where you can address a bartender and go, "This right. dude over here in the blue shirt, he's gotta yeah. go." Because yeah. the thing is, I mean, our our job is is to get them. Mm-hmm. That way, right? We, we want them, you know, in exactly. that frenzy. We want that going on. Yeah. But you just hope and pray that most people, you know, understand and respect the stage. If not you, at least respect the stage. Right. To, you know, I mean, I not not in a long time because I'm old and and, and oh, whatever. You know, <laughs> but you know, there was there was times, and you've been with me at times when you know, I mean, women just. Next thing you know, they're up all, they're all over oh, the Oh, yeah, state. inappropriate. Yeah, uh, no, for sure. But the only time I ever seen my wife almost get in a fight, she was like eight months pregnant. Oh, my and Lord. <laughs> we come to Austin City. I'm That's still my playing man. There, <laughs> and she's sitting back over in the corner, and I'm up playing, and uh, this, this girl walks up, and, and the next thing I know, her hand is run all the way up my leg. Oh, and, hell no. And so, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm just like, okay, well... Uh, I'm in the middle of a verse. I can't. It's part of the show, babe. Part it's, of the yeah, show. I, I just, <laughs> like, it wasn't like I was bagging an honor. Well, yeah, right. I, I could see her, you know, she was like. Well, and I just kind of yeah. looked down. And I said, "You better move, <laughs> dude." She's she's hormonal. She's yeah, you know. It could be well, better. that's the thing, you know. As entertainers, I think people sometimes people forget we're there for your entertainment, but right. we don't belong to you. Right. We are not a thing to boss. We are not a thing to touch. We are working, we're professionals, and that's, I've had to remind some people, you know, I've had people coming up when I'm singing and wrap their arm around me and start talking in my ear. It's like, (laughs) buddy, I got a real sharp elbow and a bad attitude, and sometimes you just got to whip them in line. And and I can put this fiddle bow in places you never even dreamed. Dude, it's like, I'll go full redneck on your ass if you touch me one more time, and I have done it, and I'm sure I'll do it again. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it's definitely a different dynamic being a being a woman musician. But um, I don't know, man. You just gotta. I, I just I don't assume that it would anything. be 
worse for oh, you. Oh, there are times, I mean, I've, there are times I've, I've walked seen back it, to know, my, firsthand, but. yeah, I've walked back to the car and cried and been like, why do I do this? Yeah. I mean, it, but the good thing is, is most of the time when I'm in a big venue like that, I'm with a band. It's like when yeah. I played with you guys, I always felt safe that like, I'd be like, George, yeah. this guy's bothering me or John, yeah. can you like. You know, can I put my arm around you and be chummy for a second oh, so yeah. this guy leaves me the hell alone? Yeah. Like, yeah. you guys always made me feel really safe and cool, and I appreciate that. Sure. When I'm out doing my thing and I'm solo, it's a different thing. Right. Yeah. When I walk in, it's like armor up. I mean, I got sexually harassed a couple weeks ago pretty bad. It wrecked my night, but yeah. I guarantee you, that boy remembered. You know, because I, mean, <laughs> I told him where to go, and I will do it again. And like without were, hesitation, like you were saying earlier, I mean, the big thing, and I, and I remember this from back in the day. You know, it used to be we always had some, at least one guy, one security guy up near the stage, mm-hmm. keeping an eye on what went on up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, to me, it should always be that they should be close oh, enough yeah. to where you don't have to say nothing, but you know, give well, them he that needs look to hopefully and, be watching. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, get it done because I mean, I don't think uh, I don't think a lot of people understand, you know, how not just uncomfortable or 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 even mm. illegal sometimes, thing yeah. like it, but how dangerous it can be. I couldn't tell you how many times I've I've had my mouth busted with a mic stand. Oh, that's the worst. Somebody, drunk oh my god yeah stand, you know or that, and that kind of mm, stuff so that's been a fear also of like the touching of the gear yeah you're on your but set see, break you got it made though because not too many drunk people come up and say hey i play a fiddle too can i play one? oh buddy you'd be surprised <laughs> really oh hell yeah and that's the thing it's like if i'm playing in a, in a more of a club atmosphere and i have my fiddle and i'm on a set break i'm taking that thing with me yeah you know if i have my guitar it's like you know it's a Martin. He'll live. If he not, if he gets knocked over, he's going to probably be okay. But right. on set breaks and I'm playing fiddle, I'm taking my fiddle with me because they're so delicate compared. But there have been times where I've, um, you know, and especially rowdy Saturday night, and I know you guys yeah. have lived this many a time where you come back and you go, hey, buddy, is that your guitar? And they go, no. Well, then put it the hell down. Like, <laughs> did you want to pay for this? Like, do yeah. I go to your job and mess with your computer? Right, like, right. then don't touch my, my, my work, you know, material. But it always blows me away because then I had this happen maybe two weeks ago when we were here in Lexington, you know. And you can tell them. I mean, you, you've been mm. experienced enough to know. You can tell them the ones that kind of hawk or as I say buzzard around the stage and uh-huh. they're, just, they're just there you know and, and yeah. you're, you're thinking man I wish this sit with me because as soon as I walk off this guy's going to ask me to sing something do something yeah 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 and yeah. I always love it when I come down he's like hey man you know I, I sing you care if I get up sing one the the, bar, the manager said it's okay and I always just say we got our set. Like, we have our select. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. five minutes later, the bar manager comes up. Whatever you do, do not let that guy get up there. Because they'll tell you anything. You know, oh yeah, no, to get up sure. there. And uh, he wants to impress his girlfriend <laughs> on this on the first day. Yeah. You know. And then you don't let him, and they still stand there and stare at you all night. Oh like, yeah. no! Where's your decorum, sir? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with uh, again being on tour, you know, with yeah. the Celts. Um, I've asked you this already. Off. Uh, off recording, but um, yeah. what's your favorite place that you've played? Oh my I already gosh. know the answers, but I want I want to share it because everyone has a different thing. And what's your bucket list venue? Because okay. I think we share the same. Gotcha. Ones. I think my favorite place I've played, like with the Celts on tour, 
I think my favorite venue was the Flying Monkey. Good in, name. In Plymouth, New Hampshire. And it is the coolest little spot. First of all, the people are so wonderful. The hospitality is incredible. Like, they take such good care of us. But we pack it out every time. The crowd is so generous. The room sounds so good. And the MC comes out, and they have these little flying monkeys with capes and, like, little Zorro, what do you call like, little things <laughs> like over their eyes. Mask. Yeah, like little little Hamburglar mask, right? <laughs> and he's kind of mad at No, that's He comes perfect. out, and he's delightful, and he welcomes everyone, and he tells... He promotes the upcoming shows, and he gets these little monkeys, and he smacks them on his on his palm, and they have little like slingshot arms, and he <laughs> flings them out, and these screaming monkeys fling out into the audience, and he throws like five or six of these little suckers now, out. Now that's on my bucket list. And it's, I mean, what's the booking agent's name? Dude, we got seriously. <laughs> and and uh, I have a flying monkey hanging on my bookshelf in my living room. <laughs> And sometimes I'll just fling him up against the front door and he'll hit it. You know, like, it's just, it's, I love that venue. I love it. Um, bucket list. I have two. Can I have two? Yeah, I know okay. one's Carnegie because we shared that. Yeah. Unless you changed it on me. Carnegie and Ryman Auditorium. I'm going to be basic. The Ryman, I mean, yeah. it's, it's hallowed ground. I walk into yeah. that place and I get full body chills yeah. just from being there. Yeah. I, yeah, Carnegie, I wouldn't mind like Royal Albert Hall. I mean, that'd be pretty cool. Royal Albert's on mine, yeah. Um, you know, like the Hollywood Bowl, that wouldn't suck. <laughs> that wouldn't suck. But like the Ryman, I feel like if I ever play the Ryman, I can like, all right, I've, I've like quote unquote made it. I've done the thing. Right, yeah. But the Ryman for me is pretty, pretty big deal. You, uh, th- this is probably going to air either tonight or tomorrow morning, but um, are you playing anywhere this weekend? Anyone yeah, catch I'm, I'm playing this weekend at um, the Woodland Art Fair. Oh, is that this weekend? It is. I'm playing Saturday, a uh, solo set at like, I think it's 12, or 12.45 to 1.45. And then I'm playing at noon on Sunday with Rebecca Rigo, who's a really wonderful songstress here in town. And I'm going to play some fiddle for her. Awesome. So it'll be cool, you know, day, yeah. day gigs, Love. have the evening off. It'll be nice and just going to go... Look at some art, drink some beer, do some things. Um, and then we'll be, I think, another... I've got some other stuff in September, but most of it's kind of... You got one with me. Private. I do. I'm yeah. so excited. Uh, but we'll be at the Halloween party at CCI on October 29th. That's going to be pretty cool. That will be. I'll be with Clinton Mullins, my uh, my buddy and uh, cohort. So, yeah, that's that's the next... Super big one, and I'll be with the Celts in like South Carolina and stuff in September. So I'm gonna be out and about. I'm gonna cool. be around, but and uh find all your music on the usual Spotify yeah. and Apple and all that Maggie stuff. Maggie Lander, L A N D E R, um, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, all the things. What about any new projects? Anything um, in the works? So yeah, the Nashville Celts record, Traveling On, will be out. Pretty soon. Uh, I'm not sure exactly on the date. Now, did you record on that too? I did. We recorded at the castle in Nashville. Because I assume they don't use net session players for the Celtic music. Well, we did. We, we used some pretty incredible. We used Byron House on bass, hmm. who, like, I mean, if you 
can name it. He's toured. Well, they couldn't find a better fiddle. Right. Well, you're so precious. No, but um, yeah, the Nashville Celts, check us out. Uh, We have a Christmas tour, and that record will be out, and I'm currently writing my next record. Awesome. So wish me luck on that one. Well, if you need anybody killed in any of your songs. Dude, I'm going to go, George. I feel like somebody needs to get knocked off. I need some inspiration. I got it. I got it. I love it. I would love to co-write someday, maybe. I'm not worthy, but maybe I'll be worthy. Get out of here. Maggie, thank you. Thank you so much, We John. love you. Yes, thank you, thank George. You. I love you guys so much. Love you too. If you guys are out and about in the Lexington club scene and you hear Maggie Lander's name, please do yourself a favor. Go check her out. You won't regret it. Thank you, guys. Later. Hey, folks. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Weekend Superstars with George Moten and John McHugh. And a uh, big thank you to our wonderful, wonderful, beautiful, amazingly talented guest, Miss Maggie Lander. Uh... We'll catch you all the next time around. This show's going to be dropping soon, so keep your eyes and your ears peeled. Later. <laughs>